for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, your real 24 hours of commercial free programming. This is Shannon Hatch, and you are listening to The Green Room with Sean Green. Step out of that shit like a homeless man trying to change his life. We do it so fresh, and we do what the fuck we want to do. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support The Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of The Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone, welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on LATalkRadio.com. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in the show. And what a show it's going to be. Logan, this is the show. Do you feel it? 2011, a fresh start. I'd like to welcome, of course, my left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for being on the program. Bonjour. <laughs> you did bonjour oh, last week, Logan. Buongiorno is what I meant to say. That's Italian. Okay. All right. Nice change of pace. Speaking <laughs> speaking of Italians, we're going to have... I you immediately. You were pretty outraged, and then I was like, no, I meant buongiorno. You're like, all right, good. <laughs> well, you, you corrected yourself. <laughs> you corrected yourself, and it's uh, now back to business. <laughs> all right. Speaking of business, Logan, it's the new year, it's a new start, and it's a perfect time to protect your business with an LLC, and it's also a great idea to protect your ideas with perhaps a trademark or copyright, or even protect your family with a will or living trust. You can get all that done at LegalZoom.com, and you can even get an extra discount by entering green in the referral code. Just a reminder, LegalZoom is not a law firm. No, it's a self-help service set up by top attorneys. So LegalZoom.com, green. And they're, of course, sponsoring this program. You start the show off with uh, Bonjourno, Logan, that that was very appropriate. Do you know why? Yes, because you have a story that pertains to Italy. Uh, well, not directly, but we do have <laughs> oh. a, a one-on-one <laughs> <Damn> interview. <it. laughs> With a uh, famous Italian that'll be playing at the uh, towards the end of the program, comedian man I admire, very funny guy. You know him from the Man Show, Dancing with the Stars, his own podcast, his own podcast network, Adam Carolla. So make sure you stay tuned for that. That's going to be coming up later. And I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, Sean, this is an amazing show. You can't, you can't, you can't have more show than a one-on-one interview with Adam Carolla talking NFL football. It just doesn't get. You can't do better radio than that. You can't. By the way, you left that love line. Okay. Well, I didn't list off his entire resume. The he's, Adam Carolla show. Remember he's one of those. Show? He's one of those guys. Doesn't need an introduction. No. This next man, uh, he doesn't need an introduction either. But I'm, I'm going to give him one as well. I, we're going to be uh, hooking up with him shortly here. His uh, name is Jim Jeffries. He's a stand-up comedian. He's originally from Australia, and then he uh, started doing stand-up comedy in England, and of course uh, made his way over to the states. Is an HBO stand-up special, I swear to God, and uh, I swear to God, it's very hilarious. Great stand-up special. He also has a uh, podcast he just started with uh, another fellow comedian, Eddie Ift, called uh, Talking Shit. And uh, you can check out all that at jimjeffries.com. So we'll be calling him up in a second here, but uh, man. I like his titles. You like his Talking titles? Shit. <laughs> I swear to God. I swear to God. He's an atheist. He, uh, he, likes to ra- he likes to rag on religion, gets real fired up. Did you catch the uh, Golden Globes, by the way? Yes, I did, Logan. Well, did I, you... actually, no, I, I should uh, I should say it. I didn't catch it. I watched Golden Globes after the fact, 
And of course, uh, the Ricky Gervais monologue or him him ripping on people seemed to be the big news. You you yeah. came home. You were you were delighted, Logan. What was your take on the Golden Globes, Ricky Gervais? Well, let me just say first of all that I was uh, actually working. I guess I can't really get too into it, but I was working in it. It was. Uh, uh, I mean, I couldn't watch the full show straight through, so I basically saw parts. But what I saw, Ricky Gervais was killing it. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I watched the opening monologue, and I, I don't know what people are so upset about. He His jokes, I, I didn't even... Yeah, I know the jokes ob- were, they're about obvious things that are in the news. <laughs> right, and I, I thought the jokes were okay. I mean, I, I thought they were like, eh, whatever. I, I didn't have a strong opinion one way or another as far as, oh my God, he, he I can't believe he said that. I can't believe he, he made fun of Scientology and all these sacred cows. I mean, the, it didn't well, go great for him. I think the people that were there were kind of taken back that oh my god ricky gervais is just roasting us but what do you want people you want you want neil patrick harris to come out and sing and dance okay fine if you want to do a kiss-ass show fine hire a kiss-ass host who's going to come out and just yeah, do carson some... daly was doing the pre-show right he could have done yeah show carson daly can, wanted it to suck yeah he can do nondescript <laughs> not really hilarious not really edgy comedy if you wanted that then hire that person don't hire someone that's kind of edgy he was kind of edgy last year and then start complaining about it I, so, I just brought him up because you mentioned atheism, and the last thing he said was like, I'd like to thank my parents, I'd like to thank this, that, and I'd like to thank God for making me an atheist. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's get Jim Jeffries in on the conversation. <sighs> let's edit that out. Hello. Hey, is this uh, Jim Jeffries? Good night, mate, yeah. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, thanks for coming on to the Green Room. I'm your host, Sean Green. I'm here with my sidekick, Logan. Thanks for being on the program, man. What's up, Jim? Uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. Hey, I uh, just uh, just for all the Jim Jeffries fans out there, I uh, I saw you posted recently that you're going to be doing a benefit for the uh, Australian flood victims, January uh, 29th at the Melrose Improv. Ah, uh, thank you for plugging that for me. Yeah, yeah, I am. Uh, me and Eddie Ift and uh, Will Anderson, we're 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 in the talks of getting uh, uh, one other really big act on, but I can't mention that who that is until it's confirmed. But there there will be someone else on there. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I encourage people to go out and check that out. Now, we were just talking about the uh, Golden Globes with uh, Ricky Gervais. Did you get a chance to watch that? I was performing in in Breyer while I was on, and uh, I did watch a a portion of it. Yeah, I I didn't didn't see what the big hoo-ha is. Yeah, exactly. Like, he did what people do. You know, you're meant to take the piss a little bit. Out of the uh, uh, the people who were presenting, I don't think he was particularly nasty. Yeah. Right. No, I don't. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. He didn't. I don't think he crossed any kind of crazy sacred line. I mean, maybe for what they're they're used to at uh, these award ceremonies, but I certainly didn't think he was doing anything that controversial. And um, that was the second time he did it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah they invited him back because he brought what? the. What do you think is going to happen? He right. made the ratings go up last year. That's why they brought him back. So. He's just doing his job. Now, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jim, you've uh, you're no uh, you're no stranger to controversy. I first uh, became aware of your act. I saw a clip. Uh, it was like a few years back. You're performing in uh, Lim- um, or no, I'm sorry, somewhere in England, and uh, Manchester. I- Manchester, Manchester, and you say something that strikes an audience member the wrong way, I guess, and he makes a he makes a run at you and punches you while you're on stage. Yeah, yeah, square in the square in the eye. Yeah, he um, well, see, the thing is, I I didn't say anything in particular. From what I gather from the from, from the people who sat around him and 
And what I've been told by other people is, is I think he was on a date with a girl or he was with a girl that he was trying to impress and <laughs> there was uh, someone heckling over the other side of the room and I'd put it down a few times. And I said to this woman on the other side of the room, I said, I'm going to leave you alone now like your dad did. And either this guy had issues with his father or this girl didn't like that joke and this guy started to panic. So, he, he, you know, the, uh, like a drunk logic. So he'll punch me in the head, fix it. <laughs> now, did he did he get arrested? Did you did you talk to him after the show at all, or what happened uh, with you the, and the guy? The police the police came and held him. I think he spent a night in a cell, you know. But I didn't press any charges. Right. It's like you know, it's it's bad karma to do something like that. I think you know we've all been drunk. If it turned out he was a like, from what I can tell, he, he hadn't done anything like this before. Right. Yeah. I, and it, I just. I just hope he watches it on the internet and he doesn't feel a, a, a sense of pride. Hopefully he has that hangover where he wakes up and goes, oh, what did I do? Yeah, no, I mean, he, he seemed pretty drunk when he took that swing at you. Um, we actually got a uh, call coming in here, if you don't mind uh, taking a question. Sure. Okay. Uh, call, you're on the air. Oh, wait, you Hello? know what? Sorry, sorry, they just uh, dropped out here. Well, now you said uh, you thought it was maybe bad karma. I know you're a, you're a drinker yourself. Do you like to get drunk before the show? Like, do you have a, well, do you have a I, limit? I, I've recently given up. I gave up on August 29th. Um, oh, uh, really? The doctor said I had a condition called... Uh, am I allowed to swear on this? Or to swear yeah, on it? yeah, you can yeah. swear on it. The doctor said I had a condition called shitting blood. <laughs> I, I, had to, I had to stop pretty swiftly. My liver was slightly enlarged and I, I packed it in. Oh, geez. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's good to hear that you uh, you cleaned up just in time. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We're just uh, we're patching in the phone here. We got a uh, caller for you. caller. You're on the air with uh, Jim Jeffries. What's your name and uh, what's your question? What's up, Cuz? How you doing? I'm doing good. This is uh, cousin Robbie. You have a question for Jim? Yo, Jim. I'm like your biggest fan, dude. You're the first actual money I've ever spent on iTunes with downloading your uh, I swear to God video, dude. It is. You're, you're the other guy who bought it. <laughs> I mean, exactly. You actually, I'll tell you what, you've actually like pulled some ass for me in the uh, in the past, courtesy of like hanging out with religious girls who try to be funny, and I just really caught them down the side. So I just want to say thanks. Actually, I was kind of curious as to, I mean, I know Carlin, you know, like it was one thing to say, like, you know, I don't believe in God or whatever and make a joke out of it, but Carlin was really like big in that. Did, did you kind of like take off him, or I mean, was that like, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 in my new DVD, there's a joke that I, I, I listened back to Carling the other day, and I went, oh, God, that's similar to his joke. But it's what happens. Yeah, I, I, I got into Carling late in life. You know, growing up in Australia, um, that we, we didn't really, I didn't know who George Carling was until I was in my 20s, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, of course, he's a big influence, obviously. Um in saying that as well, it's, religion's a very tricky one. There's, there's, there's uh, you know, there's a good 20, 30 comics who are, are really bashing out religious jokes a lot. And, and it's there's only so much you can talk about it until you, you've worn it a bit thin. So I'm trying to get away from that uh, in the future, I think. Um, I'm here, but, but you know what, yeah, the one well, thing that you did, the 
one thing that you did is though you actually like you know like ran with it and you, you never like fumbled over your words when it came to that stuff and that's why like I really liked about your acting like you you are definitely like my top favorite comic of all time oh, especially here so like, I swear to God when I saw that on uh, as soon as I saw that on HBO dude I like as soon as that was over and it popped on iTunes like I was bam fifteen bucks like best fifteen bucks I ever saw. Oh, thank you very much. But there's plenty of other guys doing. Because it's all good talking to you, man. You guys have a good one. Take care, Dan. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks for that, Thanks for the call. Yeah, appreciate he just that. Bulldozed through. <laughs> now, uh, now, Jim, you said you're you're talking that you you kind of feel like uh, now I, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but you feel like you've kind of covered the religion topic, and it seems like when you well, I feel like I feel like I've said what I want to say. You know, it, 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 the problem with being an atheist is. At times, you can become more preachy than a religious person. Right, exactly. And the whole thing about being an atheist is <laughs> I should have the privilege of not having to think about it. Right, it's hard to get you know, angry at something that doesn't exist. It's like getting angry at the tooth fairy or something. If you if you don't believe in, uh, if you're a complete atheist and don't believe in it, I guess the anger comes from you know all the bullshit that uh, people put into all it the and their beliefs. You have, you have to surround you all the people who tell you the fact that it's in your schools, the fact that it's all that. But as I said, it's, it's atheism has become almost its own religion. In a way, which right. Is yeah, ironic, they, I guess. yeah. Trying to convert people to atheism, and yeah, I mean Adam Carolla. I've, I've heard you on his podcast where he talks about, you know, the best part about being an atheist is not having to do anything. The fact that you can just go, hey, instead of uh, going to church on Sunday, I'm going to go watch football, and I don't have to be a part of any sort of uh, meetings, no gatherings, stuff like that. Exactly. But the thing that bother you is 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 the fact that. You're going to tell me that every president's believing in God, because that's the, that's what they say. But, you know, whether you believe in God or not, but atheists are normally people who question what's around them. And to be president, I don't care if you're George Bush or whatever, you have to be a fairly intelligent person. Exactly. To, to get through the meetings and the speeches and, the you know, to, to do it day to day. Right, yeah, I mean, media, I, right? I doubt that Bill Clinton was a true diehard Catholic as he presented himself, because if he did, if he actually believed in Catholicism, then he is an insane, uh, you know, he, he, sociopath. He's broken the rules constantly. Right, I mean, if you actually believe that you would rot in hell for eternity, there's no way you're letting a, a intern blow you in the middle of the Oval Office. There's no way if you actually were that committed to your religion. Not a legal age exactly, female. But if he doesn't say that, he's not going to get voted in. So I find that type of stuff frustrating. All this stuff that, that the religious people and, and our uh, freedom of religion and, and, and all that type of stuff, and we should be accepting of other religious people, but I find that we're people are very accepting of atheists, which I, I find kind of bizarre, you know. Right. Like, it, it, I should be able to get on stage and say, I don't believe in God in the same way a priest gets on stage and says that God did this, this, and this, you know, otherwise it's not a fair argument. Right, yeah, yeah. I think I think people are scared to say, I don't believe in God, that something's, you know, uh, going to happen bad to them, something crazy. I think if you go up and say, I don't believe in God... People feel like, oh my God, he's challenging me. You know, I think they feel threatened by that. Plus, that's part of the, that's built into their rule book. Is like that is the worst is denying God or you know, right. pretending exactly. God doesn't exist or whatever. Now, do you think something happened uh, in your childhood, or was it the way you were raised that kind of? Uh, no, my mother's, my mother's uh, religious, but not she doesn't go to church or anything like that. I, I, I think my father doesn't believe in God, but I've never asked him. 
Um, but we weren't a religious family as such. You know, I, uh, Australia is a lot more liberal when it comes to religion than America is, um, in the sense that no one really cares. You know, these, these religious jokes only go down well because there is so many people on either side of the argument. And they go down better in America than they do in Britain or they do in Australia. You know, it's also the whole thing about being an offensive comic is people go, do you get angry when someone walks out of your room? Or when people... I need those people. Right. I need those people to be pissed off. Otherwise, I'm just a guy who's being really childish on stage. Right. You know, I'm just going, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. If you, you know, unless, unless I have the opposition, there's no, there's no danger there at all. Right, yeah. exactly. So, you know, I, I like the people who hate me. They, 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 they're what give me a career. I'm, now, I'm not. I'm not that funny. <laughs> Just <laughs> be telling jokes about friendly things and uh, and how the world's great. I, I, I'm. I'm a. I, I believe that all comedy has a has a victim. Um, every joke you tell has got to have somebody, whether it's slapstick or something. Someone's getting hit with a pie, you know. Right. Either you uh, hit someone with a pie, or you're getting hit with the pie. Now you you also yeah. uh, joke about women, make kind of make fun of women. Uh, do you get a, do you get a lot of flack from women, or do you find that secretly they kind of are turned on by yeah, that in some way? Again, there's people on both sides of that argument as well. See, also things that are said on stage, the things that I say that are would you would be deemed to be misogynistic on stage, are things that I believe in, but things that I believe in for ten minutes when I'm angry. Yeah, exactly. Like Twenty four hours a day. These are arguments I've had with an ex girlfriend or something like that. <laughs> And then the joke is arisen from that. And I, I just get angry about it on Friday and Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Right. But I'm not I'm not doing that all day. And I think that's where people have to, you know, jokes are all written in the moment. Yeah. You know, I, I uh, of course I don't hate women. You, you couldn't live in a society if you, and, and function properly if you truly did hate half the population. Right. That would, that would make it very difficult. And you, but I will stand up for my right to do the jokes in the in the sense that I'm yet to see a female comic who doesn't bash me. Right. Well, that seems to be the staple of the female comedian to go up and just go, oh, guys are so hard to live with. They're so stupid. I mean, basically every commercial on television is just, oh, hey, the guy's a complete asshole who doesn't know how to work or buy the right products. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's also, yeah, I always find that weird about, like, mums are portrayed in TV adverts as being saints, and dads are portrayed as <laughs> right. being idiots. Yeah. Yeah, and the kids are like, <laughs> every commercial nowadays, the kid is this precocious little boy who, oh, my dad, he, he always does the wrong stuff, but luckily mom's there to save him. It's like the, yeah, the exactly. dad's probably doing something right to keep the house together, for Christ's sake. <laughs> exactly, now, and if, if you did the, uh, the ad the other way with this dumb guy going, my wife is so <laughs> stupid. Yeah, exactly. Get anything done. Whenever she does something, I have to come and clean it up afterwards. <laughs> People would be up in arms. Oh, they'd be outraged. You that, that's, 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 that's the, you know, I, I have a friend who's quite a successful uh, producer in Hollywood, and, and he, he said the same thing. He goes, I earn millions of dollars every year. And he goes, but when I come home from work and my kids are there, I'm a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't hold any weight earning millions of dollars when you come home. The wife still seems to be the uh, queen of the castle this day, in a, you know, especially in our country. 
Now, yeah. I, I heard on a radio show recently you were um, – I forget where you were getting into it. Some kind of controversial. I think it was on ONA. And you were like, oh, man, my, my mom Googles me now. Have you had any kind of weird reaction to your mom uh, checking out your comedy or you, you say something on uh, the radio? Me and my mom have had to have words really about that because she she, she can't watch everything. You know, it's, it's, it's almost not fair because I make my living out of being – personal or personal about my life and saying everything that's going on. So if I openly say that I've taken drugs or openly say that I've had a threesome with some girls or whatever, right? that's not stuff you want your mum to hear. Right. But that's, that's how I make my living. So I'm, I'm, she either has to believe that everything's made up, <laughs> which is what I tell her. Yeah. I go, I just make it all up, or she has to not read it. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, because so- the whole thing about your parents is, your mum knows you better than anybody else in the whole wide world, but she only knows you about 30%. And you've got your friend who also knows you 30%, your best mate, but he knows you not the same 30% that your mum knows you. And then there's another 40-odd percent that you only know yourself. You know, but right. somewhere in the middle, there's a complete person. But right. your parents don't know about you getting drunk in Thailand off with a hooker <laughs> and all that type of stuff. Of course they do, but your best mate does. But your best mate doesn't know about the time you cried because your your, your dog died or what you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you got you got cut on the football team eighth grade and you came home and cried, but your mom your mom your mom uh, made you a nice meal and everything was okay. Yeah, your friends don't know about that. I mean, I was just asking. I mean, I find it interesting, but also personally because I'm going to. Uh, home to Philly to do a show March 12th. And my, my mom, this is like one of the first shows she's going to be uh, at. So, you know, I'm like figuring out, you know, what to do, what not to say, what what part <laughs> of the act to include. And then part, you know. I broke out in a sweat the first time my mother came to a gig. Like just broke out like it was a defense mechanism, like with an animal putting its spikes up. <laughs> I, I'd been so nervous and she's an intimidating woman and she walks with a cane and she's about 300 pounds and she she sat there square in the middle she didn't laugh at anything and oh, it's obvious it was her and if you listen to my stand-up everyone in the room knew who she was as well I, just... I don't envy you sir i think it's a horrible thing to perform in front of your mum. Yeah. Your dad's all right. Your dad, you can do it in front of, but your, yeah. your mum's a tricky one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, because the first time I I did comedy for them years ago, but it was, you know, it was like just when I was starting comedy. So, you know, the whole act was like, hey, you ever seen commercials? That's weird. Or hey, this what you know, just like real hokey jokey. And now my acts, you know, after you do it for a while, you get much more personal, much more real, where you find, you know, great stand-up comedy, but also not maybe great conversation with your mom. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my parents watched me when I first started out as well, and I think it was all fine. It's more the radio stuff and, and interviews like this where where I, I get more nervous about my mum listening. Because here, is, is, you're doing an entertainment show, but it's also, if I'm not being honest here, I'm just full of shit, right? Right. Where if, I, if, I, if I'm telling a story on stage, my mum can suspend belief and go, yeah, well, you obviously embellished that, which for the most part I do, but some, most of it's not embellished. You know, most of it comes from the truth, you know. Right. There's yeah. a there's a true story that you kind of amp up because you're on stage, but radio is a much more personal medium, so it's harder to, to pull the wool over their eyes and go, oh, no, that was just totally fabricated whole cloth. It, it's tough to sell. Now, we're talking about kind of I girls. Tell you, I tell you what you should do. Make sure you can't see her. <laughs> put a... Put a 
way up the back. If you can see her, it really, really fucks with you if you can see her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not looking forward to that moment. Now, you talk about you're, you're out on the road. Uh, you're up in the Pacific Northwest. You're going to be at the, uh, let's see, you're going to be at the Aladdin Theater tomorrow and then the Showbox in uh, Seattle on Saturday. Do you, uh, have you had any adventures with any ladies on the road? Or are, you, are you single? What, what's, uh, what's the status? I, I have a lovely girlfriend at the moment who actually lives in the U.K., but she's coming out soon. Um, this this weekend, yeah, I'm in, in Portland tomorrow. Seattle's already sold out, but then I'm doing some place called Spokane, Spokane. Okay, yeah, Spokane, Washington. Washington. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm doing some place called Spokane or something <laughs> on Spokane. Yeah, on you, you should just well. just start the show off with, "Hey, Spokane, how you doing?" Yeah. Well, I the, think they... the amount. Have you ever been on stage and you have that thing where where you really it's like Spinal Tap, where you really don't know where you are. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, you know, these people are from the other town are idiots, and you're <laughs> not, or something. I'm, I'm hopeless like that. I wake up sometimes in hotel rooms, and if it's dark, I'll ring down to the front desk to ask where I am. <laughs> That's got to be an interesting I, question, especially now that you're sober. <laughs> like, are you, are you yeah. sure you really don't know where you're at? Well, you just, once you go on the road so much, you'll find it very, you know, I hate traveling. I hate the hotels and I hate the planes. And I, I'd be a stand-up comic for free. I, I I get paid to get on airplanes and stand in hotels. Right. The travel is yeah, the real right? work. The travel is the real job. Now. The actual the actual comedy you would do for nothing, it's, it's enjoyable. And the, the other real job is the promoting and the. And the, you know, having, like, I find the internet now to be very, it's hard work, the right. internet. <laughs> yeah, people, getting on the people, Twitter, people. getting on the Facebook, talking to people all the time. I got into comedy because I was antisocial, not because I wanted to talk to all these people all the time. I wanted to just stand up on stage with the mic. And people have a voice about you, which they would have just said to their friends, but now they can say, oh, he's too much like this person, he's too much like that, he, he's not funny, this joke isn't good, and then, you you know, you've got to not read those things, because they can really upset you, but also, it's, do you remember when you were a kid, and you wanted to go to a gig, you got like the, one of the gig guide newspaper, and you saw who was coming to your town that month? Yeah. Now it's like, fucking people need you to invite them directly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, them an email going, please come and see me. <laughs> he didn't they don't suck you out at all. Right. Yeah, he didn't respond to my tweet. Oh, screw that guy. He didn't give me personal attention. <laughs> but I'm up here sweating my ass off on stage for an hour, and you, you pay 20 bucks. That's that's the deal. That's the deal. I, uh, do you ever get, I sometimes get your your twits, Twitters suck or something. Your <laughs> yeah. Twitters are funny. <laughs> well, like, was that my job as well? I didn't know I had to do that as well. Well, Fine. now it's so Sorry. weird. There's this whole, like, you know, ranking system and people favorite other tweets. So it's like this just super gay competitive system of just, oh, man. Yeah, it's just it, it's just all meaningless. And everyone has a, s- a super strong opinion on the Internet, too. <laughs> if you don't like something, you don't just ignore it. you got to write. Oh, this is this guy's a fucking idiot. What a <laughs> right. fucking retard. <laughs> right, exactly. The amount of people who wish you dead <laughs> on the internet is outright. And also, playing poker on the internet, if if you beat a guy at a hand of poker, he will go, fuck you, fuck you and your family, and I'll fuck it like that, right? Yeah. Go to a casino and try that. And see how far you'll get. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, it's that's... Ma- 
It just it turns it. Everyone is a superhero all of a sudden, but their only power is negativity. That's the only thing they can do, and they're completely anonymous. So it just empowers these people to just say and do whatever they want, and then you know they get a following, and then they feel validated. So that just kind of builds them up more. But it's also it it, it seems to help out certain comics and not others. Like there's comics like the Dane Cooks of this world who well, I've nothing against Dane. I know a lot of people put shit on him. Right, but he he was a real internet sensation. He knew how to do that thing on the internet. I I just don't know. Would Richard Pryor be as popular as he is if he came around today? I'm right. not sure that he would. It's just you know, you, you, there's not a lot of twittering time when you're freebasing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you're when you're uh, when you're coked out of your mind, firing a revolver into a parked car, you're not you're not thinking about updating your friends list with your next gig. Just yeah, no. got on fire, <laughs> LOL. Just, just, yeah, just burnt my chest, LOL. That would, Won't that be would, on the show. That would be a great book, just uh, Richard Pryor's tweets, and just go over like that what is, Richard uh, Pryor yeah. would actually have done or said had he been on Twitter at the time. <laughs> just cheated on my wife. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Jim, well, we actually uh, we got to get to uh, the Adam Carolla interview, but I, I really appreciate you calling in. And uh, I encourage everyone, especially in the L.A. area, to go to check out the Melrose Improv January 29th for the fundraiser with Eddie If and possible other big guests. It's going to be benefiting the flood victims of Australia. And, of course, for all your Jim Jeffries needs, go to uh, jimjeffries.com. Appreciate it, Jim. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, take it easy. Good times, right, Logan? Yeah, he's, seems like a nice guy. Yeah, and uh, I, I really can't uh, can't sell it hard enough. His uh, stand-up special is um, it's really good. I swear to God, HBO, uh, and I'm sure you can find that on iTunes and whatever. I'll put I'll put the link to his uh, C or his HBO special on iTunes. I'll have that up on uh, SeanTGreen.com. So now, Logan, the moment that I've been waiting for. I uh, <laughs> Well, it was, it, it, we'll just go I'll real quick uh, set up the history of the interview. I, I've always looked up to Adam, and you know it's a big reason why I wanted to get into radio. So when I started my own radio show, I was like, oh, man, i got to get Adam Carolla on. And I've been working on him for a long time. Even, let's see, uh, I, I don't know. I, it was a while back I, I sent a – or I called up his agent. Of course, couldn't get his agent on, talked to the uh, agent's assistant, sent them an email. He's not doing publicity right now. Okay, then, uh, you know – the emails back and forth. Then I got passed along to the publicist. Emails back and forth. We actually had him on the show. We set up a special show. Had him call in, but he had run late on another show. So we got him on yeah. the on the show for right two minutes. He was recording something. Yeah, else, for so. two minutes, and it was just oh man. And then you know trying to reschedule or whatever, but and he assumed it was a podcast we were recording in our house or something. Right. So yeah. He, he probably thought we had more yeah. time, so it wasn't a big deal. But but it was you live. know it's actually a live show, so. Yada, yada, yada. He actually, uh, on Sunday, uh, sat down at Happy Ending Sports Bar. And, uh, yeah, we got to hang out. We were watching the games, drinking some beer. Mostly, mostly uh, you know, NFL talk. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it. I think I might have time for a couple calls uh, after the after the interview. But, uh, yeah, take a listen. And, uh, of course, I have to intro the show again in the clip. I didn't feel like editing it out. I, I feel like I left that in there. But there's a little background noise, and that's just, of course, because we're hanging out in a sports bar. And, uh, all right, here you go, Adam Carolla. 
All right, everyone, welcome to the green room on LATalkRadio.com. We're doing it live to tape at a happy ending. we got a special one-on-one interview with Adam Carolla. Of course, you know him from the Adam Carolla podcast. And now best-selling author of In 50 Years, We'll All Be Chicks. Adam, why do you think we're turning to a nation of pussies? What do you? What was the flashpoint that changed this country? Um, I, I, I would say somewhere around the time we discovered the peanut allergy and secondhand smoke being a first-hand killer. Um, well, you know, you're dead on with that uh, peanut allergies because I just read a New York Times article that said overdiagnosis is a huge problem, and basically the only way you can figure out whether you have peanut allergies is to give them a dose of peanuts, and of course the liability there for the doctor, no one, no one wants to try that. Yeah, and there's money in it for everyone just to say everyone has an allergy, or just to say, and, and, and my kid case that my son had asymmetry in his skull, so he had to have a corrective helmet made, which cost $4,000, and the kid is completely fine, and he never wore the helmet, and now he's four and a half, and he looks like every other four and a half year old, and there's... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's like a basic math to it of how many people, when you were growing up, how many people you know that had crazy deformed heads? Or peanut allergies. Right. And it, it was pretty much like this. When I was growing up, the people that had the brace on their teeth, that is, were the people that could afford braces. Right, yeah, there's definitely and a correlation. There's a correlation between, you know, having a checkbook and a Mercedes and having teeth that need straightening. So, uh-oh, onside kick. Oh, why? Oh, no, no, he's taking it back. We can, uh, we're here at a happy ending at the end of the uh, Jets-Patriots game, the vaunted Patriots, who oh, were... Kick. Oh. oh, and it was loose. There was an onside kick. It was loose. And instead of just falling on it, the Jets player picks it up and runs with it. Yes, you fall on it, and you essentially win the game. But if you give the ball up, you very well may lose the game. And Cromartie, who evidently likes to roll the dice, but he has seven kids from, like, nine different women. He's not afraid of testing his luck. And uh, no, Cromartie was great because, like, uh, when he when he was being interviewed on, <laughs> yeah, that was... on Hard Knocks training camp, he's like, I got my daughter, LaQuandra. She just turned three the other day. And I got my other daughter, Moesha. She turned three the other day. And then there's uh, uh, there's, little, uh, there's Cromartie. There's Marty Cromartie. She turned three the other day. And then I have uh, Nachilla. She turned three the other day. Hey, yeah, yeah. You did a running tab of how many three-year-olds this guy? He went through an entire phone book. And at a certain point, I was like going, wait a minute. How are they all celebrating their third birthday? Right. How is one woman capable of? And then I went, oh. Oh, okay. It wasn't one woman. It's not a traditional family structure. No need to judge. We can't judge. Now, um, your butt, by the way? Oh, yeah, dude. uh, Feel free. $12 pictures here at Happy Ending. Uh, Tasty, it's a good good place to hang out, watch the game. Of course, I'm a diehard Eagles fan, and oh, uh, they got killed last week. Well, no, I shouldn't think they got they killed. killed. Yeah, sorry. No. The, four, 
they were hanging around to the very end. It was a cruel kind of painful death. You know, as a fan, you're almost part of you just like, if you're going to lose, just lose. And watching that game, I had a feeling they weren't going to do it the entire game. But then you got Michael Vick. And after that magical comeback against the Giants, who am I to doubt this man? And, uh, you know, they were hanging around the entire time. Didn't quite have it. Now, what's your take on? I'm a Rams fan. Rams fan. Well, you got to be stoked. Obviously, they didn't make it in the playoffs. Stoked would not be the (laughs) operative word. Well, not not devastated, maybe. Oh, man, there is. Instead of kneeling down and running the clock out, the Jets literally went for the throat here to just wow. stick it to Bill Belichick. Got a feel. This is an unbelievable upset, by the way. This is a huge upset. I would have put everything I own on this game. I mean, well, my buddy was. I thought this game was going to be 41-10 Patriots. My buddy was talking to me. He's like, "Oh, I was thinking of betting the money line. I was thinking of betting Jets straight up to win." And I go, "Are you crazy? I wish I had a million dollars so I could lay it on Patriots money." line, just because I know there's no way Belichick is going to be outcoached by Rex Ryan. Well, not only that, but um, Brady hasn't thrown an, an interception since I was the zygote. <laughs> He's won, I don't know, 26, 27 straight and who's going to yeah. beat Favre's record. I mean, it, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, what a role. And I guess this is um, an argument for, and you should probably... Give it some thought. Um, the week off, I think, is doing more harm than good in the NFL right. at this no, point. No, especially if you look at uh, Tom Brady, rhythm passer. You know, they didn't. Oh, they didn't need Brandy Moss. Well, you know, now you got Deion Branch dropping a huge uh, fourth down play, and the, the Patriots' offense was built on a rhythm. They were a juggernaut. They won. I don't know how many in a row to close out the season, but they seemed unstoppable. Even against the Dolphins, where they could have. Rest the guys and kneel down. No, they're at home. They're going to prove it. And, uh, yeah, I guess there is something to, hey, the only team I think that won off the bye week uh, was the Steelers. Yeah, and they, oh, right, they, they really Chicago they, too, but Yeah, they both, uh, well, I, I was surprised that Chicago won as big as they did. I was surprised. I mean, not that the Seahawks are any good. but I Right, no one had a ton of money on the they Seahawks. Put up, they put up those kind of numbers. But uh, I was also surprised surprised that wait, we're talking about bye week? Oh, Chicago yeah. and uh, who's who else had the bye week? Chicago, uh, Patriots had the bye week they lost. Pittsburgh had the bye week they won. Yeah, Pittsburgh, man you know, Atlanta had the bye week they lost. Pittsburgh just finds a way to win, don't they? I mean, you want to talk about two chickens can you cut some? Yeah, time? yeah, you can say two chicken, chicken shit calls at the end there with yeah, well, holding and then defensive holding <laughs> on the nose tackle yeah, that, that's, right. yeah, that's embarrassing. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger imposes his will on people, whether it be a uh, 20-year-old cocktail waitress or a another. Yeah, another right. defense. He makes plays happen. Right. And uh, I bet on the I bet on the Steelers and the under. I parlayed it at halftime. I realized, oh my God, they're down 14. I mean, there's no way this is going to happen. So I went bigger on Pittsburgh second half. So it ended up working out for me. But that holding call that they had on the Ravens player was just atrocious. I mean, even. If you play peewee football or any sort of football, you realize if you blow a guy over, that's a pancake block. You're getting a sticker 
on your helmet. Right. The guy got double teamed, and they and it was, you know, I, again, they should have got out of there with a field goal. They got out with seven. And the Ravens, when the punt returner took it to the house, should have got seven instead of a chicken shit holding call. Yeah, that was awful. And I'm not even a Ravens fan, but you realize, like, if you take the Steelers, you take an organization that wins like the Steelers, and you take all of those moments, all of those sort of dubious calls and weird bounces and everything from the immaculate reception to uh, Renfro's foot somehow getting out of bounds. Antonio Holmes getting his feet in? Yeah, but at least that was a Yeah, there was no luck to it. You're going to see a ton of just bounces. I mean, mean, just stuff like when, uh, remember when Big Ben made the tackle on the handoff when Uh, Jerome Bettis fumbled and the guy was taking it to the house? I mean, there was no one to stop him. He was laying on the ground. He just swatted at his leg, tripped him up, and saved him. They won the Super Bowl that year. Just just so so many of those plays in their in their history. Right, and as a Philly fan, you just you're just like, oh, really? The Steelers they won five Super Bowls. My Eagles they can't get one to save their life. And yeah, and you throw in kind of just them catching breaks. Now Rex Ryan, of course, uh, being a comedian and a football fan, the Rex Ryan the whole foot fetish stuff came out. Sure. And you know, I'm like the next guy. It's fun to laugh at just sure. because it's so against type. Sure. But it's that kind of a like I don't want to know a guy's weird sexual fetish. I, I don't know. Like, it's, I, I don't either, and I don't know what's in Like, what's in it for me and my penis? Right. Nothing. And then the next question, although it does, I do have this theory that guys that are in positions of power have these weird fetishes. Like, right. Guys who make $7 an hour swinging a hammer, they don't have any dominatrix fetish. No. They want to get laid. Yeah, like for me, making fetish. 37 grand a year, getting laid is the most exciting thing. If you $20, you blow me. That's exactly. my fetish. I don't need to put the gimp ball in my mouth and get whipped with a cat. My life is basically getting my ass kicked. Exactly. Guys that are in a position of power like to worship the feet and do stuff like that. Like to be dominated by sure. females. Sure. Now, you talk about... Um, um, you know, as a generation, how we're kind of getting soft. What what kind of uh, advice or recommendations to, to toughen up the generation? Obviously, it, you know, peewee football or sports like that uh, seem to be football. helpful. And uh, you're never too old to uh, sign your kid up for Pop Warner football. So all I'm saying is, is if your guy's listening, 65, 70 years old, you got some flunky son, he's <laughs> 33, 34 years of age, and he's in and out of rehab, he's yep. constantly constantly borrowing money and whatnot, uh, sign him up for some peewee football. Yeah. As long as he makes weight, he's in. You know, he can probably play at the Bantam level. Yeah, I mean, we're missing semi-pro football. That would be a great uh, arena for losers. Hey, hey, okay, you're not doing great in life. Here's some discipline. Here's a practice schedule. You're going to show up. You're going to be on time. Hold on you're going to get your ass kicked. Uh, a white guy just dropped the football. <laughs> what, that, what time is it? Market? Oh, oh there's the touchdown. Wes Welker dropped a touchdown about uh, eight seconds ago. So just That's mark the time. Well, it's probably the same time that Bill Simmons, the sports guy, heart is exploding uh, and he's dying. Uh, we're talking about white guys. Uh, I went to an Eagles game two weeks back with my dad, and my dad, we're at the upper deck of the Eagles game, and my dad, you know, enjoys kind of embarrassing me. So he spent the entire um, the entire game yelling, throw it to the white guy, which is awful. It's 
fights. You know, because there's a there's tons of black people sitting in the upper deck, and b you couldn't you couldn't come up with worse advice, especially for the Philadelphia Eagles. There's not one great white playmaker on the team. Brett Selleck is average at best. Right. Yeah, you got Selleck, and you really want to get the ball in the hands of Deshaun, by the way. And Deshaun, you don't have to know Deshaun. Just hear the name Deshaun. <laughs> you don't think offensive lineman. I don't know how that works out, but no. when you name your kid Deshaun, you're not thinking, yeah, oh, 300 pound tackle. Back up long snapper. Now you uh, you made a uh, you made a name for yourself uh, doing long snapping on the NFL Network. Is that something you'd want to get into? Being kind of the um, Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football, kind of being the third guy in the booth. Is that something you ever? I, I would welcome that and relish that as well. But uh, I don't th- I don't think it'll ever happen. But uh, I, I think what happened is is they tried comedy. Uh, it didn't work with Dennis Miller. I like Dennis Miller. Yeah, no, he's a funny guy. They decided it didn't work with Dennis Miller, and that'll be the last time they ever try that experiment. Although I would I would add quite a bit if they would throw me up there in that. Uh, no, I think you'd be great because you know you know football very well. Obviously, you know comedy, and I think you know your flavor of comedy might fit better for the typical Monday Night Football uh, audience member. I, I think the problem is is you went with Dennis Miller, who's one of the most cerebral comedians <laughs> in the world. Right. And it's a weird thing to do because you should have gone with Larry the Cable Guy <laughs> yeah. or something, although well, right. those guys aren't funny, but you're, you're, you're dealing with a blue-collar crowd here. Give them a blue-collar comedian. Now, you talk about um, blue-collar, and that's interesting. Just, you know, I'm from uh, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, old steel town. What? Philly fan? Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, our, our town was able to survive after the steel mill left. Now, what? how do you think America is going to survive? Um, yeah, I think it's tough for us to compete as far as manufacturing jobs. You know, and a steel mill, uh, steel worker in uh, America is making $33 an hour. Someone in India is making a dollar an hour. How do we kind of get back to making stuff and building stuff in this country while competing in this kind of global economy? Um, I don't, you know, as, as long as stuff's coming in at uh, a buck an hour, I don't I don't know how you could. Obviously, it's a balance between quality. I mean, you're never gonna you're never gonna match it price wise. Yeah. But if the quality's higher and you get these unions down from 33 bucks an hour to 17.50 an hour, well, right. then maybe you can pay a little bit more and buy American rather than 10 times as much and not buy American. All right. I, I think my crowd is. Well, yeah. It sounds like you're uh, you're all teed up, ready to do your uh, podcast. I want to thank you very much for coming on doing the show. I'm a big my fan pleasure. of you and. Big fan of the uh, Broadcasting Network. Uh, thanks a lot, Adam Carolla. All right, and we're back live. Ace Man. Yeah, mixing cool. that up. So what would you think, Logan? I think our voices sound much clearer now. <laughs> right, exactly. No, that was awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, it was, uh, it was a lot of... Stuck sports <laughs> through most of it. <laughs> right. Which I'm sure was cool. Yeah, it was a uh, yeah, it was a real it was a sweet opportunity to just hang out, drink a beer, talk football with uh, <clears throat> Adam Carolla, get a crowbar, a mention of my dad in there. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. He was a really cool guy, and everyone, uh, you know, people ask, oh hey, how how'd it go? How would he take it? 
Yeah, he seemed he seemed into it when we were doing it, but he also just he's just got such a laid back, I don't give a shit demeanor about everything. It's kind of hard to get a, a yeah. reading off him. As a matter of fact, you know. Right. He's just like, eh, yeah, you know, he's just he's just totally laid back. I mean, he's over the idea of being Adam Carolla. Whereas I came in there, I'm like, oh wow, what an opportunity for him. Yeah. This is just like a mundane. Um, yeah, it's, it's not an opportunity for him, but it's you know. Well, maybe he maybe he wins over some fans. <laughs> maybe there's some green machines out there listening, going, you know what? I I, I wasn't a huge fan of Adam Carolla before, but now now I'm gonna check him out because he's a good guy. He 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 gave Sean Green an exclusive interview. He's he's not like these yeah. other hoity-toity celebrities. He's a, he's a man of the people. Well, all right, Logan. Uh, last week, of course, we forgot to do the haiku. I felt uh, I felt despondent when I realized that I didn't, I didn't give Logan his haiku time. Logan, why didn't you say anything last time? It's or you didn't a, it's remember? It's not the first time. No, I I had one ready to go, but sometimes it just we run out of time. So I think some it, sometimes I think it'd be more awkward for me to be like, oh, do we have time? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, like and then you being like, oh, well, we're actually so we don't yeah, have time. You don't want to crowbar your haiku in that you're you're coming off as some diehard poetry fan. Yeah, like I'm not. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not dying to do that. All right, well, we got plenty of time here, so uh, let's give it a listen, Logan. Drop a haiku on us. We'll all be chicks soon. Atheistic religion. Uh Uh-oh, onside kick. All right, that's uh, Logan's haiku there. Yeah, there was a couple moments where, uh, oh, okay, yeah, well, we have to change the conversation because the football game's going on and, and things are getting crazy. But um, good times overall. Thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning into the program. Actually, December was the uh, most downloaded month. We, uh, bre- <clears throat> man, losing it here. It was weird taking a long break there and then coming back and getting in them, yeah. getting my radio <laughs> voice going again. Yeah, but, we didn't. We weren't. We hadn't even tested the mics like that whole 20 minutes. So when right, we, came we were back, just sitting like, there. Whoa. Well, it was it was weird because we were off for so long, and then and then to come back and get into the mix of talking. And most of the time I spent while we were playing the interview just watching Logan and trying to gauge his reactions <laughs> while Dude, I was sitting over here. Uh, by the way, there were a couple of times where I was just thinking about my haiku, and you and like clearly you must have said something funny, and you were looking at me like. Huh? Huh? Pretty good, right? And I was just like, uh, yeah, oh, good one. I had no idea what you said. Well, Logan, that's what I appreciate about you. Your candor, your honesty. And uh, let me let me plug a couple dates here real quick as we wrap things up. Of course, the Comedy Garage, this Saturday, it's the uh, Ski School Comedy Garage, so make sure you check that out. You can just go on Facebook and type in Comedy Garage, you'll find it. And, of course, the big show, the big theater show, March 12th, I'll be there. My mom will be there. Might get awkward. Might get a little weird. <laughs> Either way, it's going to be a great time. Thank you, everyone. We uh, uh, Real quick, I just wanted to plug uh, Wax is doing the Wax Weekly on YouTube. Uh, he's the guy that does the music for our show, and uh, I'm on the latest episode. If you okay. want to see my butt crack, check it out. <laughs> yes. Everyone, everyone look up <laughs> Wax Weekly. You get a shot of... Uh, Logan's ass crack as he's bowling. A very candid Logan shot for, for all the uh, L-Dog fans out there. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show. We do it live every Thursday, 8 o'clock on latalkradio.com. This has been The Green Room.
Thank you for checking out The Green Room. Log on to SeanTGreen.com and subscribe to the podcast. Also check me out at DocumentaryLabel.com. I'll be posting that wax video.